Another episode of Don't Leave It to the Judges Podcast here with me, man, Patty Broken Skull. Patty with the Guns and Roses over there. That's right, rocking the Guns and Roses, keeping it old school, keeping it classy. You know, Axel, you know, sort of coming from my general area. Welcome to the jungle. Nobody, I think, here's, here's the myth behind that, and I think Sam's got one too. Guns and Roses, specifically Axel, has always tried to tell people what that fucking Welcome to the Jungle song was about, and it's always different. Like, at one point, they said that it was something to do with uh, Indiana State Prison. Then they say, oh, it's actually about California. <laughs> you know, like, get it right, man. I like that there's a, a, some sort of mythology behind the song. But nonetheless, welcome to the jungle that is. Don't go. leave it to the judges. Uh, the first thing I got to do is give a shout out to Mixed Martial Academic. Uh, this dude's fantastic. He just dropped a documentary about docu- uh, Do- Dominic Cruz. Kind of sounds like documentary. I fucked it up. Doesn't matter, folks. Right. I'm on an espresso. Um, he dropped this documentary talking about how he, this dude basically single-handedly took out the alpha male organization that we used to know, right? Because that was a big deal. So many good fighters came from that place, and some fighters would just go there because of it. And Dominic Cruz went through a lot of injuries, dude, and I didn't know this. But I left a comment. I told the guy how much I liked the shit. He responded and 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 was very very cordial. He's an Englishman, so of course they're super nice in their responses. I think he called me brother or mate, mm-hmm. something like that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they're all they're known for being nice. Like look at Gordon Ramsay. So absolutely, just their general niceties, right? <laughs> I think of cookers, cookies, and houses made of candy. Um, but it's a great channel, and if you guys listen to Don't Leave It to the Judges, and you just like MMA lore, this is a channel that has changed me. And my views about specific fighters like Michael Chandler, Daniel Cormier, okay, Sean Strickland, for the good or the bad. I'm not saying it to one or the other, but it is very fun. The guy does a fucking great job, and he deserves all the credit. Uh, MMA Origins, MMA Documentaries as well. It's another channel, very small channel, but the guy puts in effort, and he he knows his stuff, man. I recommend it. He check out Igor Vochanson and that uh, Minimal Man. And that's the guy I was telling you about, Sam, who fought guys twice his size and he was just this little stocky i don't know maybe japanese guy who just went by minnow man like a superhero name wore a cape to the uh, to the ring and shit and he beat a lot of these guys he beat that bigfoot silva dude oh. not big giant silva no oh, okay. was a yeah, silva yeah. who was bigger looked like a mm-hmm. fucking monster and he beat him tapped him out rolled down to his leg like ryan hall took him down <laughs> bro the guy's the guy's amazing and that's the type of fighter that you want to be champion because they have that heart. They will just never get it. You see what I'm saying? We run through that a lot in the UFC as well, but the lore of MMA continues. I do want to bring up here some fun stuff, more comical, not just shouting out people, but uh, there's things that I've found that make me appreciate the UFC a little bit more. Okay. And there are things that come from these other organizations. And I've talked about one FC before, right? Yeah. I've mentioned one organization and, their commentators and how shitty they are that to the point that it makes you appreciate Daniel Cormier and Michael Bisping. But you forget about Bruce Buffer. You forget about the importance of that man and how corny and cheesy he was when he first started doing that. But then all the clones, the guys that they need to have in organizations like bare knuckle fighting in organizations like Bellator, they have to have their guy that's like Bruce Buffer, okay? And there's only one guy that I hate, and his name's Jeff Houston. Hmm, never heard okay, of him. Okay, Jeff Houston. <laughs> type it in. Google Jeff Houston, H-U-S-T-O-N, and just look at his face while I tell you this, okay? Jeff Houston is the Bruce Buffer of bare-knuckle fighting, okay? And Sam, I skip his introductions every time. I don't know what it is about this guy, but something bothers me where I'm like, I I think this is his first rodeo <laughs> doing any kind of voice stuff like this, announcing, right? Wears terrible suits, the dumbest fucking hair, and it's like, dude, we know you're trying to be Bruce Buffer. Yeah, I was going to say, because- just Google his images, and I see him in those uh, crazy outlandish suits, like trying to be just like Bruce Buffer. The only difference is, is Bruce Buffer could probably whoop this dude's ass because Bruce Buffer is legit. But why are there all these other inter- inter- 
you know, announcers or whatever, and they just wear a regular suit and they just say the names. They don't do it's time. They don't do any of that extra shit. Like the Michael, whatever his name is, his uh, Twitter handle is I am the voice or some shit like the voice. I don't know. Um, he does fine. He's the Bellator guy. But I bring up Bellator for another reason. And it goes back to the commentators. One of the commentators for Bellator, and you might be aware of this, Sam, is Big John McCarthy. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. He's an ex-referee. He's the color commentator for Bellator now. And you know what? I don't think I would like that guy. I read something from the way that he speaks about positions and shit that makes me feel like this is a fucking patronizing dickhead. <laughs> this is a guy that's going to be so condescending in the way that he tells me that I'm doing my guillotine choke wrong that I'm going to fight him. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's too analytical. And his tone makes you feel like he thinks you're you're better than uh, – that he's better than you or he knows more than you. He's like, oh, that's a horse guillotine snapmare. It's a very rare move. Like, bro, shut the fuck up. You were a cop. Didn't you get that patronizing tone out of your system by now? No. Yes. Apparently <laughs> not, dude. No. He does. He thinks he's better than everyone because he helped write some of the uh, officiating rules for MMA, and he has to tell you about that every single event that he's the commentator on. I don't I don't want to hate his commentary, but he does have to let you know that he is the 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 referee that was like he paved the way. Yep. Congratulations. Why don't you fight? You know, there's nothing worse than a guy getting the the uh, nickname of Big, and yet you're just a big guy. And not that big even, you know? Mm-hmm. Not that big. But I wanted to get that out of the way just because Jeff Houston, Jesus Christ, that guy is a character. I mean. I can I, tell by looking at what? his pictures. It's got the a stance man- like Bruce Buffer. Where he looks like he's just jumped when he was uh, announcing something in his flashy suit. <laughs> Bruce Buffer gets after it though. That's yeah. our guy. You know, we can't. He's the one that started it. It's okay to see people be inspired by it, but to take the whole allure that is Bruce Buffer and make it you, Jeff Houston. Not even a cool name. It sounds like a porn star. I will Moving tell you on. when when they're now when Bruce Buffer is announcing the fights, like there are times like I would like to see more of him. But they, you know, the cameramen in the UFC, they make it about the fighters. They don't make it about Bruce Buffer. So when he's announcing, they'll focus in on the fighters. But every once in a while, you'll get a glimpse of him. He just jumped. He's over there fist bumping the guy as he's saying his name. You know, shit like that. We don't get to see that most of the time. But we can tell what's happening. And it's because Bruce Buffer sounds like that because he loves it. Just enthusiastic. Yeah. He's fucking fully in. The lowest fight on the fucking card to the last fight on the card. Bruce Buffer's all in with you. And 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 when he started fist bumping dudes, you're like, oh, shit. Bruce Buffer might be biased. And then you find out, hey, you better do the other guy. You got to do both guys. Because otherwise we're going to yeah. think that you're fucking, you know, James Krause in this shit, Bruce Buffer. We don't want to find out you got any sideline bets going on. And I bet that's why ESPN <laughs> took that shit off. I don't know, but... Uh- I don't know much, you know, anything about his personal life other than the man likes to gamble, uh, play poker. You know, he likes to play poker. I'm not talking about gambling on fights, of course, of course. But uh, I've seen him like flipping through channels when they have those poker tournaments and shit. And he's he, he'll be there sometimes. But uh, I, I did listen to this MMA podcast years ago, back when Evan Dunham was fighting, and the host of the show was wanting to call Evan Dunham Evan 3D Dunham. And uh, he pitched the name, the nickname to him, and he's like, I don't know. The dude called up Bruce Buffer, had him come on the show, and say the name so Evan Dunham could hear him saying it. And he did it. He fucking called in. He fucking said the name, and uh, he ended up not going with it. He didn't like the nickname, but I thought it was pretty cool of him to come on there at fucking spur of the moment, and uh, you know, just say the name out loud, you know, for for him. Yeah, I'm telling you, I, th- this is a, this is not a, a place where we can't get these people, Sam. It's not. We could get every single one of these people that we've talked about trashed, or we think is the future of the sport on this podcast. They're not doing anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? Especially the female division. We can get most of them on any day. You guys busy training? <laughs> Sorry, that's just mean. All right, um, let's get into this fight card, man. I'm gonna leave this podcast today. Sorry. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. But uh, Tabitha Ricci, Jessica Penne, 
What do you got for me, man? What do you think about that? Uh, all right. So, uh, Penny, you know, I thought she had retired, and now I'm wondering when is she gonna retire? Because, okay, she, um, Penny, she spent the first round laying on the ground, laying on the ground, trying to get Tabitha uh, baiting her in, which was which is idiotic in itself, because you know, unless you're Ryan Hall who has you know ninety nine fucking thousand submissions if someone comes anywhere near them you don't go from laying on the ground with your hands be i hate seeing people with their hands behind their head fucking laying there get your ass up if you're laying on the ground a whole round you're not gonna win the round that's not happening and uh yeah she laid on the ground waited for eventually uh richie came over and and put her in the arm bar in the second round and ended her but i mean she she got a couple shots in but yeah, Jessica Penny, please retire. Bro, Tabitha Ricci threw this bitch around. She manhandled it. She it was a devastation. Her, she, I guess where she didn't even want to get up. So. Well, here was the thing. When this uh this penne did sit on the ground and Tabitha did engage, it went bad for her. It wasn't like when she jumped into her guard or took, you know, side control that all of a sudden Jessica Penne had the advantage. No. She couldn't fight Mary <laughs> back anyways. What was the point? Most of the round was her walking over and kicking her in the fucking hip over and over and over again. Which I'm not mad at. She yeah. stayed active. She didn't give her any space to get up. Okay, you want to lay down, lay down. This ain't the sport for that. All right. What What other? Uh, I mean, we, we can go through the whole thing or we can go. It, it was mostly a pretty shit card, really. Gary. He got rocked. Yes, Ian, Ian Gary did get rocked. Uh, <laughs> here's where I wrote that. Gary's looking good. Uh, got caught. Got caught. Song fucking teed off on him after he caught him. That When he, he caught him and rocked him, he went over there and he tried to finish it, but, but couldn't get it done. And uh, yeah, that, that was, man. You know, I feel like other fights he's had, he's, he's kind of gotten off to the slow start as well. Kind of like Paddy Pimblett. I mean, he's he's gotten it, it's like these Irishmen, man. They fucking you know not McGregor, but you know they have a slow start. It's like they they gotta wake up, get woken up, and uh, Gary did get rocked, but weathered the storm. Which that that to me was the most important part is the fact that he did weather the storm. He came out the other end and pulled off a victory. That says more about anything, any other fight that he could have, you know, before the UFC. It's like he got hurt. He stayed in there. He didn't make another mistake, and he he came out the victor. That's huge, dude. I didn't see the after like the interview afterwards or anything, but I'm sure he was pretty happy about that. But he's selling himself, that's for sure. Yeah, this uh this Mark Andre uh, Berriot versus Julian Marquez. Okay, so this fight started, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on with uh with with uh Mark Andre? Is I, I actually wrote down. Is Bariot conserving energy? <laughs> and then the first round happened because he was just fucking standing there. And they're like, oh, maybe he's uh, injured or something. He's just kind of standing there covering up the whole first round. Marquez punching, he's covering up. And in the second round, dude come alive and fucking just went crazy on Marquez. And it turns out, yes, he was conserving energy. Yeah, my, my, my thing with that fight was... Has Marquez ever done clinch striking? Because that seemed very novice to me. He didn't <laughs> circle out. He didn't fucking protect any of his head. Or you know what I mean? Or is Mark Andre that fucking strong? He kept this dude so pinned against the fence. He didn't know what to do. I I don't know. It was a very strange beatdown. He beat the shit out of this dude over and just for yeah. too long, to the point where you're like, was was this just is somebody throwing this fight? What's going on here? But also the kid's tough as nails. We got to give him that too. I mean, Mark Andres, he's he's a problem, man. They can't keep giving him these fucking nobodies. Yeah, uh, and you know this uh, Drake is the pluses, dude. Him and Derek Bronson, that uh, uh, yeah, there was a lot of uh, the, dude. At one point, they both had like a leg lock on each other, and I, I mean, they. Derek Brunson's, I don't think he's ever submitted by anybody by leg lock. As he has, or, or you know, knee bar, whatever he has, I apologize. But 
I don't remember seeing it. No, I'm like, this isn't going to go well for him. But it was corner end up throwing in the towel. That was, <laughs> I mean, it was done anyway. The fight was fucking done. He and, basically uh, seemed old. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, and now he's on social media pretending like he's going to retire again. I was saying last week he's been alluding, pretending like he's going to retire. Then he's like, I'm going to have four fights this year. Make up your fucking right. mind. You need to go ahead and retire. Yeah, just get it out of you. Because, I mean, what are you doing? Is that going to help hype up your next fight? It's like, <laughs> oh, the old guy's back. Great. You're not Rocky, okay? Because also not a real guy. But so, uh, I did like the Cody Garbrandt fucking Trevin Jones fight. I'm happy. Cody Garbrandt deserves that, man. I'm happy that he was able to fucking get the victory, come out on top. I mean, it looked like it was all Cody basically the entire fight. It was. He, he looked focused. He looked, he looked sharp. He looked back to the old Cody that we knew, man. And you have to give praise where praise is due in those situations because that is a hard, one of the hardest things to come back from. Getting knocked out that many times in a row after being the fucking champion. Mm-hmm. Your yeah. heart wouldn't be in it anymore, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he kind of played it safe in a way. He, he obviously had a speed advantage over Trevin Jones. And, over uh, and we've seen it dozens of times. How many? I mean, TJ Dillashaw was the only one to get in, and he had yeah. to have help. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, yeah, he, he like, out-wrestled him, out-punched him, and basically coasted to a win. Which I like that because this is a guy that you don't want to take an L2 on your comeback. You just don't. Not not anything against Trevin Jones, but he's not up there yet. He's he Cody Garbrandt's on the fucking prelims. I mean, Cody that in it's itself wild. is telling you that Trevin Jones ain't really shit. Alright, and you're dude, gonna this, this Bo Nickel fight. The UFC they want Bo Nickel to be something so bad. He puts Jamie Pickett up, he hold, clinches him up against the cage, knees him in the nuts, pulls him down, and fucking submits him. Dude. <laughs> The one thing I want to say is this has to be the first time that Jamie Pickett had any sort of like fight montage packet played before any fight. Thanks, Bo Nichols, for making anybody know who Jamie Pickett is. <laughs> if it wasn't for Bo Nickel, there's no way there would be any reason to be like, hey, Jamie Pickett, we're going to film with you for a day. Tell us about where you're from. What, are, what, yeah. what gym, what camp you're... Dude, first and last, Jamie. First and last. <laughs> Oh man, you know what? Why why didn't the ref see this fucking knee to the balls on that? Anyway, some of those wrestlers they they fucking do that like that. Uh, uh Jake Hader, uh J- Jake uh, Hager out in Bellator, he need the guy in the balls like three fucking times and end up just dropping the guy from from the the fight had to stop from fucking groin strikes. I was, I was watching some of these old MMA collages because of Don Fry and shit, and you're like. Oh, they were headbutting, soccer kicking. I think he tried to bite him one time. The fuck? It's and there's referee Big John McCarthy's right there. Yeah. And you're like All of that's legal. All yep. of it? Yeah. <laughs> Change, dude. Oh my god, cuz I was talking about Pride last week about just I I'm still a huge Pride fan and I like those rules, but back then it was such savagery. And you go to the UFC and you're like, "Oh, fuck, man. I don't think the one guy's got gloves on, the other guy doesn't." One dude's wearing jeans. The fuck is happening? <laughs> and it was like UFC seven. <laughs> You're like they had established champions already, and they're like this guy's still coming in with no fucking gloves on. We got this 410 pound guy versus this 205 er. What do we got? Insane, man. Yeah, yeah. That that dude, that Cedric Yardball guy, the the huge like black Samoan that, guy yes. that got beat up by Keith what? Hackney. A couple years ago, he died, and they're like all the news like he died in Richmond, Virginia. I couldn't figure out shit about it. I'm, I'm right here. I couldn't find nothing. Nuts so fucking ever besides what's on the internet saying the location was just here in this general area. Okay, so basically you're saying that you don't think he was. So he was somewhere else or he's still alive? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying neither. I'm just thinking you, I just, you know, someone would know something about it. I don't know. Was he passing through? Did he fucking live here? I don't know. I couldn't yeah. find out shit. I mean, what do you do afterwards? You know, a podcast? Yeah, yeah. well, I was just curious, you know. I mean, what, then how you bury that guy? You got to have one hell of a casket. I don't think they do. I think that's a cre- cremation. <laughs> yeah, that's one of those. That that's one of those that, like, burn the place down because it's, it's so many <laughs> fucking ashes and shit in there. Yeah, they're like, uh, 
Do you guys have any like extended cousins that might want some of him? Or <laughs> <laughs> you spread them out over the all the, every state, get some ashes. Hold up, up half of them uh, in the river. I don't even think he liked water. All right, uh, Matus Gamrot versus Jalen uh, Turner. This is exactly what I kind of told you was going to happen, dude. After I watched the the montage of this man's previous fights, Matus Gamrot fights guys like Jalen Turner over and over. This is what he does, and this is exactly how it goes. Maybe not so much to the decision, mm-hmm. but it's it's dominant for some reason for the littler guy. Very strong, very quick. Uh, he knows what he's doing, man. And I think this is a future champion. I think he just needs to keep his head on straight and avoid some punches. He took some decent shots. Jalen's not a bad striker by any stretch. He's not a bad fighter by uh-huh. any stretch. But Matus is just, his level's beyond. It's like if he doesn't get a shot at a title soon, he's going to be stuck. You know, gatekeeper status type of yeah. thing. Like This is a guy you want to see everybody fight against, but he's too old to even really be a relevant champion. Glover Teixeira. Go ahead. <laughs> Nah, I agree. I agree with what you're saying with that. That uh, that uh, Rachmanov versus Jeff Neal, that was surprising to me, man. How um, well Jeff Neal was doing in that fight. The both of these guys are teeing off Rachmanov, all kinds of kicks. I mean, they were they were teeing off on each other. It was it was it was fun. This was a fight that gave me more gave Jeff Neal more uh, credit from me. Like I've always thought the guy had hammers for sure. I always knew he could catch you. But he's got a chin. He's got cardio. He stays in there. He can take he can take shots to the body. He was versatile in his own striking. He adapted. But, you know, it ended up going where it had to go. And that is probably one of Jeff Neal's bigger weaknesses is simply ground game. You know, if he's not on the top, he does have a better chance of losing. So, you know, shout out to both these guys. We'll see where they go in the rankings. You know, I think they're both... Plot, uh, possible contenders, man. Why not? One set of yeah. contenders for both Neil and uh, Shavkat. We yeah. might see them fight again. And uh, Shevchenko, I mean, she made a mistake and got caught. She's, I guess she's a little too comfortable in there, a- having defended the belt so many times. I don't know. I think they're probably going to have an immediate rematch, and she's going to dominate. The same as uh, well, Nunez versus uh, 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 Julia. Yes. Uh, I do. I, I'm glad Grasso's the champion. This is a, a good. Uh, this is a female uh, trilogy that I wouldn't mind seeing, simply because there is something interesting about Grasso. She's very fast. She's very technical, and it does work against Shevchenko. She makes a mistake, and that's what happened. Okay, so like I was saying with that, this does develop a better storyline for Shevchenko taking this loss. Much, much like Nunez, you know, you get your run. You basically think you've taken out the entire division, and then somebody comes out of nowhere. And Alexa Grasso does have this ability to carry herself as a proper champion, just like Jessica Penne. You know, these these women trading the belt back and forth is a very fun storyline, and I think we can all get on board. You know, Jessica Andrade, fucking Rose Nama Yunez, Weili Zhang, you know, th- these are all known names because of this shit, right? So Grasso being champion, you obviously fight Shevchenko again. Do you... Because believe me, and I'll eat my own words here. The last thing, Sam, that I think either one of us thought of when it came to Grazo fighting Shevchenko was her ground. Mm. Any jujitsu. I was not thinking that whatsoever. I was thinking Frankie Edgar, you know, uh, Gray Maynard type shit. She's popping in. She's caught a couple jabs. You know what I mean? Uh, maybe a, a throw, takedown, stay standing, get her back up, throw some more jabs, in and out type shit. Go five rounds. See what, see if you can outscore the person. But Grazo slapped on a fucking... What'd she get? An arm bar or a triangle? I don't even know what the submission was. Oh, it was a uh, a face crank. Okay. Crushed her. Yeah. <laughs> so even, this is another thing we have to look at. Four rounds, almost into the fifth round of this fight, Grasso had enough strength still in her tank to win by neck crank, face crank. That's poetry, my friend. Yeah, you know what's so crazy about that? That's only her second ever submission. That's why I'm saying is this is a bizarre <laughs> And I don't pay much attention to these females, but yeah. I still know that Grasso's a, a stand-up. She's a striker. She keeps it standing. She wants to hit you and outpoint you, you know what I mean, and avoid getting hit. And here she goes. That, that's why I think that's what Shevchenko thought too. Yeah, she had a submission against Joanne Wood uh, just a few fights ago, and that that was that's it. That's <laughs> that's a rear naked and, choke. And Shevchenko's pretty well-versed on the ground. Like All of her groundwork that we've seen has been pretty top of the the line so the fact that Grasso was able to pull this off was was fantastic i was very happy with it 
Uh, I, I love Shevchenko as well. These are two great, you know, female fighters. But I think there's an attitude that Grasso has that'll be fun for a female champion and future female fighters. Not that Shevchenko didn't have it, but she definitely comes off more like, oh, I'm an assassin. Grasso was like the girl next door, <clears throat> you know, that punched other bitches in the face when she had to. And <laughs> she's still sweet as all, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, it's just that. hard for other female fighters, dude. You got to understand that, right? I'm going to tell you, she's like, it makes... really improved. I mean, anyone that has a loss against Felice Herring, I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah with your feelings about her. <laughs> <laughs> My gosh. I get that. And I was I had always seen that she has the capability to be a champion. Grasso is very versatile, but I had always seen her avoid being taken down, her be able to pepper her her strikes in there, throw combinations instead of just one shot, one kick, you know. And well it's about time that you start switching up champions anyways. Yeah, right? and they got a storyline happening because if Tatiana can stay healthy, how long before she starts getting in the mix? That's true. That is true. Got some, got some, uh, some stuff in the in the works too, because Misha Tate's also fighting again. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> did I, I watch this? I, I watched Misha Tate do a fucking like a one-handed handstand, uh, dude. How, can it. you do that? Like no. when I think about doing <laughs> a one hand, I'm like, there's no way. Yeah. <laughs> how did you do that? Yeah. I guess if you're five two, it's probably a little easier, but. <laughs> Nonetheless, uh, uh, speaking of uh, champions, oh my gosh. dude, is there any other definite? If you look at the definition of boring in the dictionary, it's got us. John Jones's finish of fucking Cyril Gon has to be right there. So <laughs> you know what I mean? All right. So this fight, I don't know what Cyril Gon was thinking. Is this man getting paid to throw this fight? That's what it feels like. Because you have Jones, who who started off throwing these. Uh, these spinning kicks like he like he normally you know used to do. He's, but he wouldn't put anything on him. And the thing that got me is when he would throw these kicks, he's turned around, you know, facing the opposite way. He's just like throwing a kick out there and gone never pounced. I mean somebody's gonna pounce on that. They're not gonna fucking stand there and let the opponent just slowly turn around and face you. But gone never well, pounced. What, in the in the heavyweight division, that's not gonna be a problem. <laughs> I guess you know, not. Like those guys, those guys are bouncing. Stays up against the cage, gets taken down, and then when when Jones had the guillotine, he didn't have it. It didn't seem like it was that tight at first. So he he lets go. He reapplies it, and Gone didn't even try to fucking stop him. I, I don't know, man. Or little. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Well, <laughs> what we do know is John Jones will be a heavyweight champion for quite some time. It's not going to be interesting. There's not going to be cool storylines because of Daniel Cormier. But he'll be champion for a while. Uh, Mr. Tom Aspinall recently tweeted, who should I fight next? And I like that. I like that, Thomas. And you know who I think you should fight next? John Jones. Because if I'm being logical about the heavyweight division, that's the only one that makes sense. Even if Tom loses, man. I want to see the matchup because John Jones was so fat. He was almost DC. You know what I mean? Of the, yeah. What did you do? Because I've seen a lot of guys go from, you know, light heavyweight to heavyweight and still maintain some sort of semblance of I'm a professional athlete. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this guy looked like any dude on fu at fucking Rucker Park dunking from the free throw line. This is not impressive guy. You're a fucking what did he weigh, even Sam? I don't remember that. What what do you what do you weigh? Oh, I don't know what he. But I mean, the heavyweight division doesn't really have any contenders. Aspinall's he's, he's ranked That's six. I don't know why he's even. I mean, the people in front of me got Stepe and Gone, and Curtis Blades. Come on, ew, ew. John Jones would eat that man alive. Yeah, this is gonna knock him straight to the ground. It's like oh, Derek Lewis, Sergey, Sergey. What's Sergey's name? Ser that dude's nasty, huh? Pavlok, Pavlok, Pavlovich. There, there you go. Okay, what about him? <laughs> yeah, he's ranked third. I right up there. Happen. I like that. That's not bad, because these guys are like, Cyril Gon's fine, right? But he's not a guy that I'm like, oh shit, look at his knockout power. Oh shit, look at his submissions. Hmm. It's more like, look at his physique, look at his cardio. Look at his ability to avoid shots. He's not—he's Max Holloway of the heavyweight division, right? 
he's not it's throwing everything into every punch, dude. He's just trying to get those, the, you know, the the Frankie Edgar pop. I'm going to hit you. I'm going to get out of the way of your shots. He's offensive for a half a second, defensive for the rest. That's a good way to put it. I'll... Yeah, I didn't even watch the fight, dude. What are we talking about? I'm kidding. I did. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> it would be funny if I was that, that that close to being accurate about something. I'm like, I didn't even see it. <laughs> but, yeah, I, that, that's what I noticed, man. And this is just what, as Ciro Ghana is a fighter in the heavyweight division, and I see him fight these other guys that make sense against him, but a guy like John Jones, who's also longer than everybody else in the division, you need somebody like Stefan Struve for it to make sense. You know what I mean? Get a, get a seven-footer in there against, here we go, Volkov, right? Yeah, he, he's fighting on his upcoming card. John Jones versus too. the six-foot-seven guy. This is, this is the matchups we want to see. Where's Bob Sapp? We can get him in here for one. <laughs> Right? Like, get the freak show fights going again. Get John Jones fighting some monsters. That's really going to get us. That's the only way that the UFC fans, such as ourselves, are going to get on the John Jones train again. You have to do something significant. Tapping out Cyril Gan was nothing to me. That's why more people are talking about the fact that this dude went and got hammered after the fight than they're talking about how he finished. It was boring as shit, dude. Look at all the articles about that, too. Everybody's like, John Jones went and got fucked up, dude, after the fight. And you're like, yeah. You know what they do after they win a championship in any fucking sport in the locker room? They dump the booze on each other. <laughs> so why is this significant? Bring it up if he gets another fucking hit and run. Don't bring it up just because he has a past. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I'm not even a fan of John Jones. All I'm saying is you guys are just being fucking ignorant for the sake of being ignorant. You're pointing out shit that doesn't have anything to do with nothing. Analyze how he finished the fight, not the fact that he celebrated after winning a championship for his first time back in three years. Suck my dick for that shit. That's dumb as fuck. Boring ass motherfuckers got nothing else to say. Yeah. Oh, John Jones out drinking after he won a. Hey, have you ever seen anybody win a hockey game? I think they fill the trophy <laughs> with booze. You fucking dumbass. Yeah. What the fuck are you talking about? Oh, because it was one guy and his friends. Because the one guy won with his coach and shit. They dr oh, that's why. Because it's like a single man sport, right? So when Tyson and his coaches get fucked up when they won, that wasn't when they were doing cocaine in the fucking right. Shut the fuck up. Find something else to say, man. Y'all boring as shit. All Anyways, right. next fight. This next <laughs> event it's at the Theater Virgin Hotels in Nevada. So we're still in we're still in uh, Nevada, but we're not at the Apex. Okay. All right. So let's get on with this. <laughs> this way this to first, try. <laughs> this first fight. Changed a couple of times, but as of 4.30, well, as of three hours ago, uh, a new opponent was announced. Hell, sure, dog doesn't even have it up yet, but it's uh, Carlson Harris uh, versus Jared Gooden. That's uh, that's going to be the first fight. So, uh, Gooden, you know, I didn't even have time to, to fucking write down anything other than his name. I mean, this is literally uh, right before we started doing the show. Uh, Harris... The guy's got he's seventeen and five, five knockouts, five submission wins. He's uh he's been knocked out twice. And this guy, he uh he, he lost to uh uh Rachmanov in his last fight. Uh he had won his previous six before that though. Uh you know, the guy he was about to fight, I was just gonna make the point that he he's uh, fought much better opponents, but of course that guy's been switched to uh to Gooden. So let me go through Gooden. Gooden's won four of his last five. So uh, I've never even heard of most of these guys. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what? So so uh, yeah, I'm I'm gonna learning right on the spot because I, I didn't even realize this. This is how much I knew about Jared Gooden. Is that I didn't even know he was gone out of the UFC. So he's he's actually lost to the guy Narmagomedov, Aquabar Narmagomedov that that uh that Harris was going to fight, he lost to him, and he lost a couple more fights, and he was cut out of the UFC, went to a, two, three, he's won four of his last five, but that's been away from the UFC, so that's why I haven't heard of these guys he's fought, and now he's back for this fight. Damn, he just fought hmm. February 18th, so they, they called him in on short notice here. And what do you expect to have happen here, Carlson Harris? What's the size difference? This Carlson dude's six foot tall. Yeah, uh, this uh, good. He's six four. Night train, Wait. Jared Gooden. Oh. 
He's got Jared... 11 knockout wins, six submission wins. He has been knocked out twice. Wait, which guy's 6'4"? Uh, Jared Gooden, 6'4". Really? Yeah, according to Sherdog. Okay, I must be thinking about the guy that fought Patty Pimlet. That's Jared Gordon. Sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's probably because I, I named him it was before we went on air. I was like, he's facing Jared <laughs> Golden. But then, then I see it's Jared Gooden. So, so it's okay. fucked me up, too. This late, late fucking replacements, UFC. It doesn't help anybody. It's Damn running it. our podcast. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah. I, Carlson Harris, he's got... I mean, he's he's been training for this fight. Uh, Gooden, he just came in off of a fight. He's 22-8. and eight, Pretty good record, but... I mean, this could be a tall order for him. It's the first fight on the card. Who who knows? All right, next fight. Flyweight belt. Tyson Nam, Bruno Silva. Nam, he's three and three in his last six. Uh, you know his the the last finish this guy had was in 2013. All right, so fucking Bruno Silva, five knockouts, three submission wins. He's two and two in the UFC, but. His wins that he has in the UFC were over J.P. Baez, Victor Rodriguez. Rodriguez is 5-4, and four, so his UFC wins were against no ones. Dude, my favorite thing about the last fights is when they showed like all the South African fighters when Drakus came to fight. J.P. was up there. You're like, he's not... I don't think he's even in the organization anymore. <laughs> yeah, I don't th- think he is. <laughs> his wife, his wife probably. That that yeah. whole thing is crazy. There's all kinds of drama online about that. But Tyson Am, I mean, the guy's five foot seven. Bruno Silva's five four. You know, this is one of those fights. It's probably going to go to a damn decision anyway. And yeah, what is Tyson Nam trying to do? <laughs> he's thirty nine years oh, old. Was... He's been around forever. Unimpressively. Yeah. All right, uh, Victor Henry, uh, Victor Henry versus Tony Gravely, twenty-two and six for Victor, twenty-three and eight for Tony. And I think that uh, you know Victor's more of a ground guy, right? Tony's more of a striker guy, going to stand up with you, and he's a surprisingly accurate striker. We've seen him do some damage here lately, yes. and Victor's not bad either. This is an interesting fight being this early on the card. Okay, so yeah, this is Gravely's been looking decent lately. The thing is, you're very correct about Victor Henry. Uh, six knockouts, eight submission wins, uh, six decision losses. He's never been finished. He's uh, three and three. He's never been finished. Gravely. All right. So if he does have a weakness, uh, he has been submitted five times, and that's that's Victor Henry's game. So this should be uh, very interesting whether Gravely can keep 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 up from being sub- submitted. Now I do remember. Talking about Gravely before and saying that's a weakness of his, and then every time we watch the fight, the person can never get him to the ground. They keep that's trying. Right. It's like everyone scouted, hey, that's his weakness, take him down. And then it's like he's done fucking worked on it and they can't get him down. Love it. And uh, this is why I said a surprise thing. Tony Gravely's one of those guys that just surprises the shit out of you. Somehow he gets the fucking job done. Even if he's the guy that you don't think is going to get the job done, he fucking works extra. Uh, Arian Linsky versus JJ Aldridge, uh, fourteen and eight for Arian, and eleven and five for JJ Aldridge. What do you got here? Uh, I I just noted that that Aldridge has just beaten better opponents. She's won three of her last four. Uh, Lipsky's lost three of her last four, and she was knocked knocked out in all three of them. Uh, Montana De La Rosa, that's one, that's one of them. Uh, actually, Montel De La Rosa. Ah, oh, jeez, I fucked this whole thing up. Uh, oh, Montel De La Rosa knocked her out. It's the only knockout in Montel Montana De La Rosa's whole career. There you go. Fair enough. Jesus. So I think JJ Aldridge is going to take this. Yeah, I'm with you there. I'm with you for sure. Uh, I was really just skipping past this fight, skimming through these next coming fights because this, I like this one. We're talking about Tyson Nam being old as shit and still fighting. Uh, Guido Canetti, uh, not only does his name make you want to hate him, uh, he's 43. 43. And the guy is surprisingly well-rounded. He's he's a fun guy to watch. I think, is, I don't know, man. Mario Batista is the opponent. He's tough as nails as well. He'll fucking throw hammers at you and take shots. Uh, this could be, this could be a long fight, man. These guys are well well matched aside from the three inches of height difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Mario Batista. He's won five of his last six, uh, three knockout wins, five submission wins. Uh, Kennedy, 
I mean, I, I remember, I think the, the last time I talked about him was talking about his age and all that. But damn, he looked very, uh, very impressive in that last oh. fight. He submitted Randy Costa in a minute. I mean, no problem. And then the fight before then, that Chris Matea guy knocked his ass out in the first round. Yeah, Sugar Shane, you couldn't do that, Sugar Shane. Anyway, um, so two two first round finishes in his last two fights. But uh, he does have four submission losses, and Batista, really good on the ground. So Batista can avoid that and get him on the ground. I think Batista can put him away. Yeah, I, don't, I, I like this fight, though. I, mean, I think this is going to be a high-energy fight. I think somebody's coming in here looking for a finish because I don't know how many rounds Guido could actually go. <laughs> He's got to slow down at some point, you would think. <laughs> He's a little fella, man, still getting after it. So there's no excuse that we don't see a Joe Rogan fight in the near future. <laughs> Uh, so this next bout, this middleweight bout, yeah, uh, uh, I'm probably gonna say it wrong, but uh, Cedric's uh, Dumas versus Josh Fremd. All right, so this Dumas guy, I've looked high and low. To f- I-, I thought he might have been the guy on the contender series that was like in the car and had been shot up a bunch of times, but I couldn't find anything to verify that. Do, do you remember this guy? Was that the guy? I thought it I was, know. but I-, I couldn't find nothing. I searched. Oh, yeah. Yeah, him. I couldn't find shit. Okay, because that guy looked great on a contender series, but the all I could team. find online was a bunch of his arrests uh, for domestic violence and shit like that. And everybody was making all right, his, all right. don't sour on him already. Everybody was making this huge deal about uh, yeah, Dana White has done hired this guy after smacking his wife around, you know. So uh, they, they, we, we got Greg Hardy. Relax. You know what I mean? Chill yeah, the fuck out. Yeah, this really is where gross. they go, assholes. Get used to it. This is where they go. <laughs> but uh, yeah, hey, Fremd, man. Sam, yes, in sir. all seriousness, if you really, if you really think about it, any of these guys could start at in BKFC as a professional fighter. Want to know? Because they pick up guys for like, um, they'll go to random places and have like open tryouts. Huh. No bullshit. So imagine just your average guy in jeans coming from the fucking mechanic shop. Like I hit pretty hard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he becomes a fucking superstar winning the belt. Mm-hmm. Like most of the guys in BKFC. <laughs> You're like, oh, I used to be a, a minor league baseball pitcher. And now I just throw punches really hard. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Sherman. Um, yeah, this well, is that guy, though. Cedriquez. Uh, okay. Uh, he's got he's got something, man. Yeah. He's it- an interesting character he's probably gonna run over josh fremd that's the guy that fought treason gore in his last fight and got his head like popped off basically gore grabbed him by the neck and like i thought that guy's neck was gone he probably lengthened he, he probably grew a couple of inches after that <laughs> yeah he was six <laughs> one at first <laughs> uh but yeah yeah he does have an inch of height but he is uh three inches under uh three inches of uh reach advantage for cedric okay cedric has i don't know if that's uh, whatever, uh, Dumas. He's seven and zero though. The kid's been in some fights. He's uh, he has not lost, and I think that's gonna. S- we'll see how the big boy lights do for the young the young guy, right? We'll see yeah. how these lights. You know, because at least Prem's been in there and lost under the big lights. Yeah. This guy hasn't even seen the big lights yet. Yeah. Well, hopefully, uh, uh, I'm surprised to see Prem back so fast after that submission. That was nasty looking. Well, yeah, he's trying to end his. He's trying to retire from MMA, MMA as quick as he can. <laughs> Uh, Bantam weight bout next. Uh, so uh, Raphael Sinsal versus Davy Grant. Man, this Bantam weight division is fucking just stacked, stacked. Now for sure, now for sure, you go and get a pay cut when you go from the the main card to the preliminary card. <laughs> and Raphael Sinsal, I feel like, has been a main main card staple, <laughs> much like a Cody Garbrandt for many of his fights. And here he is on the prelims, and not even the main featured prelim versus Davy Grant. And I like Asuncio. I think the guy has a lot of great skills, but I think at this point he's just on the end. He's on the end, man. And yeah. David Grant's still on the come up. Yeah, he, I think he, he is forty years old, and his last finish win was last finish two thousand seventeen. The yeah, guy, no good. you know, he's lost four of his last five. They've all been very good opponents, but he, he fights top tier. That's why mm. Asuncio could essentially be a gatekeeper for the bantamweights. But I'd also give him another opportunity to sort of – he's too skilled right now still, still very versatile, and that's why a guy like David Grant will have trouble with him. But I think he's going to outwork him, and that's all it's going to be, probably decision. Now, this next bout, 
perplexing. It's a heavyweight bout. You got Carl Williams versus uh, Lucas Bruce Bruce guy. I cannot say that guy's name. Brisky Brisky Lucas Brisky. Anyway, uh, maybe uh, maybe Brzezki. Brzezki. I right, will take it. But here's what I wrote down. Neither of these guys have been tested. Neither one are fucking heavyweights. They're, they're <laughs> like, we got to have some heavyweight fights on the card. And, okay, we'll get these guys in. Uh, or we got to add to the division something. But these guys, uh, Carl Williams, I mean, sure dog list him at 205 pounds. I'm sure he's going to be, you know, weighing more to start this fight, of course. He'll pack on some pounds. And, uh, you know, this Brzezinski guy, 231 pounds, what he's listed at. So these guys aren't, they're not even true heavyweights. They're like the, the guys they had on the Ultimate Fighter heavyweights and fucking told them to eat. But, uh, uh it does show here the one guy's weight as 205. Yeah. The other, yeah. <laughs> the other guy is 236. You're like, yeah, these guys, this is going to look bad. What are they trying to be like? John Jones, we got up and comers. <laughs> but this, dude, this um this Carl Williams he lost his UFC debut, uh his he was he had a contender series win but it was overturned for some drugs in the system, so his last real win was in 2020, over a guy that's five and five and four. Williams opponents, a guy that was four and two, a guy that's nine and nine, a guy two and two, uh it's, yeah just come on, these guys they they should be starting off the card these guys. Sorry, dude, we're still talking heavyweights, and I can't just I can't get off the fact of the other possible John Jones opponents like Ty Tuivasa. What the fuck is that for? You know, yeah. that's an insane matchup. Ty Andre Arlovski. What? What? Forty-seven-year-old <laughs> Andre Arlovski gets a title shot. Uh, I hate this sport. All right. Um. All right. So we on to the main card now. Uh. Uh. Damn. Yes, it is the main card. Uh, Vitor, but. Petrino, as light heavyweight bout, he's seven and zero versus Anton. Uh, th- this is the guy. Uh, I don't know. I'd say it's like he's the, he's the pleasure man. This is the guy who was on the the fucking. Uh, he was on the contender series, and they're like, oh, "I'm the pleasure man." I'm like the pressure man. You put the. Can I just say this? Can I say but this? No, he's the pleasure man. So, and then uh, Lori Senko was making jokes about him stealing other girls, other dudes' girlfriends and shit. <laughs> But look, Sam, this is what's happened in our society where men have become so aware of how women perceive them that creep guys will attempt to look like the hot guy. (laughs) And it's like this guy clearly has somebody tied up in a basement somewhere in a house that's not even for sale. You know what I mean? It's just an empty house, woman in the basement. He's creepy as shit. And his name's Anton. Yeah. Terrifying. Pleasure, man. Get the fuck out of here. I thought he was like the cuddle something or whatever. Crochet boss would beat this dude up. Um, Yeah. Young cats, though. <clears throat> way well, way too late on this card. This should have been yeah. a fight on, on the prelims. Nobody knows who they are. Yeah, unless they're trying to um they're trying to sell this pleasure man out to people because they fucking <laughs> That's they, the man himself for sure. <laughs> they I remember during the contender series they talked him up, talked him up, talked him up. And I was expecting like, oh like this guy's gonna kick some ass and he had a, a decision win. And then they put him against Jelton Almeida uh, in 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 you know in the, in the actual his UFC debut and the guy fucking destroyed him. I mean, he took him straight to the ground, submitted him immediately. So yeah, this this Vitor Petrino guy, uh, this guy six knockout wins. He, he's only say seven and zero, but he's fought nobodies. He's fought nobodies. Well, at least now we'll have a win over the Pleasure Man. That'll look good. Maybe, Maybe the <laughs> pleasure. Right, or the Pleasure Mark. Man will get a decision win, grind him out for his pleasure. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Saeed Nurmagomedov versus uh, Jonathan Martinez. Uh, we've seen some amazing stuff from Saeed, man. This kid is more versatile than we thought. He can stand and bang with you. He can take you down. He's he's strong as shit for his size. Uh, Jonathan Martinez, though, he's no slouch, man. He's fought no. some good, good, good fighters for sure, and he's hung in there. Uh, I just don't see this going his way. I think Saeed's going to put him on his back kind of quickly. He's going to struggle to get up over and over and tire himself out, and Saeed's probably going to get an easy submission. You know, I agree with all that. Saeed, he's won 11 of his last 12. So that's <laughs> nothing against Jonathan Martinez. I mean, he's a tough dude. 
Uh, he's won his last four fights. Uh, I, I, I just wrote down uh, Saeed via decision. I think he'll uh, just end up getting a decision on him, uh, having him on the ground, he said. All right, so uh, we got Ricardo Ramos versus Austin Lingo, right? Yes, sir. All right, Ricardo Ramos is a human highlight reel, the spinning elbow. The fucking kid's just nasty with that thing. And uh, I'll say that if Austin uh, Lingo can avoid that, he'll be fine. Hmm. Outside of that, he's probably going to sleep. Yeah, um, uh, Ramos has been like talking up. He's going to uh, take Lingo to the ground, show off his uh, jujitsu. He's going to do all this. He, he's got a good strategy claiming. I, I, I don't know. I've seen him on social media talking a lot of shit. But Austin Lingo, he's, you know, he's one and two in the UFC his uh his 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 loss he he did have a, de- a decision loss to Yusef Zellel and uh yeah man uh i think Ramos th- this guy i didn't even realize he's been around so long he's been around since 2017 he's 7-3 in the UFC he's got four knockouts seven submission wins and uh he's only lost to like really good opponents and when i say really good i added up the opponents that's beaten him 60 wins 12 losses so uh, I think Ramos has got this. Absolutely. I mean, like I said, he's a highlight reel. You type that man's name into fucking YouTube, and you're going to see a dude that's putting kids away like John Jones used to. Um, yeah, he's tough, and they're both still young, man. These are young cats. Late on the card. I like it. Uh, late heavyweight bout. Uh, Nikita Krylov versus Ryan Spann. This fight was supposed to take place like a couple weeks ago. It was going to headline an event, and now it's the third. It's not even a co-main event on this card. Uh, I don't know. I'm thinking maybe one of them must be have trouble making weight. I know Krylov is the one that pulled out of that fight, but it looks like it is a it is a catch weight now, 215. So, but uh, Krylov, this guy's won his last two, 12 knockout wins, 15 submission wins, span six knockouts, 12 submissions. Uh, he's won three of his last four. And 11 of his last 13. But I just see Krylov just grinding it out, man, on Span and, and grinding out. I think he'll just he'll wear Span down. Uh, Span's going to have a couple chances, but I think Krylov's going to get this one. Yeah, I can definitely see Span getting tired faster. And, because Nikita's more of a strategic fighter. He'll finish you if it shows itself, but if it doesn't, he'll just outwork you. Uh, but Ryan Spann does have those paws, man, and if they catch you, you're in trouble. Yeah, that, that should be pretty interesting. Um, I'm curious why it's a catch weight, but all right. Next fight, we got a heavyweight bout: Alexander Volkov versus Alexander Romanov. Alexander versus Alexander. All right, of course, well, you talked about, about Volkov earlier, six foot seven, uh, and then Romanov, six foot two. So. Here's the thing with Volkov. He's been around a while. He's 23 knockout wins. But, I mean, he has uh, five. He's been finished five times out of his, his 10 losses. Demands 35 and 10. All right, Romanov, he's the betting favorite in this card. He's only had one one loss. But this is coming from me. I think that loss that was in his last fight, it was against Tybora. And I, I think that was his first, like, opponent that had a name to me man and he didn't pass that test unless this was some kind of fluke so uh i mean i i don't know man uh volkov's been around a while i know uh like i said romanov's got the he's the betting favorite but yeah i I don't like how he couldn't get past tybora and uh unless he's gonna try to take this to the ground i I don't i don't i think volkov's gonna gonna end up with this victory well here's here's the only thing that could work in in, uh romanov's favor is the fact that it feels like to me alexander volkov is one speed he sort of does everything he's pretty slow yeah yeah (laughs) and if uh you know if he gets to the ground he can tire him out pretty easy because romanov is a wider body this is a bigger bigger man you know this way instead of height wise and he could across him and just tire this man out if he so chooses but Volkov has got those hands and he's super crisp super crisp uh, I like this matchup and this is one of the guys I was talking about Not out, I think Sergei Pavlovich is he a 205er or is he a heavyweighter because this is the guy I was talking about that was coming in beating everybody down quick knockouts the Alexander Romanov 
Yeah, I think, I'm pretty sure he's so, a heavyweight. Pavlovich too. Yeah, Pav- yeah, uh, Sergey's a heavyweight. Okay, so these both these guys, Romanov and Sergey, both guys that could be up there fighting for fucking the title because who really wants to see Volkov fight again? But fighting John Jones would be fun. You know what I mean? Seeing that matchup would be interesting. Seeing John Jones have to fight a guy bigger than him. Yeah, uh, just yeah. Peter Jan, though. man. I mean, I thought that the, I just kind of down on Romanov because you know he was sixteen and zero, and I thought he was going to run through a Tybora. I really did, and and it didn't it didn't happen like that. So he did. He, did he get tired? Did he, did he get tired? Is that what I'm remembering? I think so. I feel like he got one. Yeah, all it went, right, it went yeah, all we the rounds. Uh, it was a decision win for Tybora, and I think both of them were like sucking air in that fight. I thought, I thought, yeah, yeah. We can't have that because Volkov's a little guy, like a thinner guy. Because he Rom- might have the Romanov's wins: Chase Sherman, Jared Van Vandora. So I mean, come on. <laughs> All right. So the main event: Peter Yan, Mirab Davilashvili. Oh, I'm glad 16, you said that. <laughs> Sixteen and four for Peter Yan. Fifteen and four for Mirab, and Davilashvili's coming out of the Ray Longo, Matt Sarah camps. So the most annoying camp out there. Um, at least just by the sound of their voices, not what they teach. Uh, Peter Jan, he's the champ. He's still the champ to me. The kid took over where uh, guys like Dominic Cruz couldn't. Cody Garbrandt couldn't. Uh, I like him, man, and he carries himself well, even after the fact that the belt was sort of stolen from him. <laughs> uh, the man's, what do you think here? He's never been finished, a Jan. He's never been finished, and... Uh... You know, his losses, I mean, you look at his last two losses, that split decision loss to Mally, which I thought he won. Uh, Sterling, that split decision. Then Sterling before was the illegal the illegal knee that cost him the, the title. So, you know, he's lost three of his last four. But, I mean, they're not, they're not really. You know, so, and he's beaten some of the best, of course, because since he had the belt. He hasn't. Davilashvili hasn't. Who's he beat? Uh, well, I'll tell you, but uh, I will say Davili has won uh, eight fights in a row, and he's he's, ball, okay. he's beaten uh, all uh, Jose all day. Um, that was a decision. Cody Stammen, John Dobson, but you know <laughs> if you go if you go back to his losses, I mean Ricky Ricky Simone. I don't know. Here's all, what I was gonna say is, uh, yeah, this. Um, Jan's a, a minus two sixty betting favorite, and this this is his fight to get back on track. This uh, um, Marab, I mean the guy, all his fucking victories are decisions, pretty much. Eleven decisions, three knockouts. He's only got four finishes. Eleven decision wins. Yeah, I, li- I like I like the strategy that Marab's probably gonna have, which is to get Peter to the ground, put him on his back, keep pressuring him, stay aggressive, but. Peter's too fast. He's quick. He's outside. He's got the trips, and he'll stay on his feet when he trips you. You know, this is a this is an interesting matchup as far as uh, who's Peter, who Peter has fought recently, mostly strikers. Uh, we're gonna see yeah. some, you know, some ground shit, some grappling, I believe, from Davilashvili and uh, you know Matt Sarah and Ray Longo. That's sort of, you know, how to look at Aljamain Sterling's finishes, a lot of submissions, right? Um, yeah, I'm glad it's free. <laughs> this is pay per view worthy. I was thinking the same thing, actually. Yeah. It's nice to have uh, this this for free. This yeah. card is not the greatest card in the world by by any means, but I mean, I was just looking at some of these fights. At least there's you know you can look at some of these and be like, all right, we should see. Hopefully, should fingers crossed, see some <laughs> some highlight real finishes on this thing. Absolutely. Looking at you, Josh Frimmed. Yeah. Getting your head taken off again. But uh, we're down to a minute to go, so let's uh, wrap this thing up. We're out of here. Have a good night. Yeah, buddy. Round one, fight. <laughs>